If you were to observe a lifter who you thought had maybe one leg that was longer than the other one, right? A, how would you measure that? And B. Well, I've got a a very detailed article on that on the website. Uh, a very detailed, very well documented, very well photographed article on the website that goes into all the hows and whys of that. Does it explain the <coughs> Yes. Yes. And it explains how the shim should be applied. Because if it's a tibial leg length discrepancy, it's different than a femoral leg length discrepancy. And it talks about all of that. And as far as I know, it's the only article of its type in print. And I think you ought to look at it. Now think right. about that. If it's the shin that's short, if the shin is short, shimming the short side is an easy fix because the knees get even. But if the femur's short, which is the situation with Vic that I had, Vic, right, raise your hand. That guy. I was like, man, he's got some weird asymmetry. Let's look at this thing. Now I think he's got a short femur, and Rick came over and was like, definitely. You've got to shim and stagger your, your stance, which makes it weirder. So remember, we shim a short femur, the knees are now uneven. You're going to stagger to get it back to get the, because what we're looking for is a square pelvis to the bar, right? With the, we want the pelvis square. The, the pelvis is evenly loaded at the bottom of the That's right. Because if the pelvis is unevenly loaded, the lumbar. Right. Is asymmetrically loaded too, and we can't have that. Yeah. A, a leg length discrepancy that, for instance, a chiropractor or a physical therapist would not consider to be in need of correction <laughs> in a sedentary person must be corrected in a lifter. Yeah. Must be corrected because we're loading the spine. Okay. And if you got one that's a centimeter. It needs to be fixed. You need a shoe shim. It explains it in the article. Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, I know you know, talk about functional you know, fitness and it being retarded and all that stuff. I totally agree. Uh, there's a huge thing about like imbalances and imbalance correction. People with like asymmetries, like in a bicep or something like that, or you know, that could affect you know movement. Like maybe one arm pushes faster than the other, or the force of the if I had one arm that was pushing faster than the other, I would say push the slow arm faster. <laughs> push the slow arm faster and whatever was responsible for the slow arm not pushing faster would get fixed unless it's a neurological problem. Right. If it's a patent neurological problem, something else is the problem. You can't address it with that. Everybody that starts LP has side a side that is stronger than the other, especially on upper body. But amazingly enough, we don't do unilateral movement for the weak side. We just do bilateral barbell movements, and the weak side catches bilateral up. Bilateral symmetrical barbell it movements, works. and what happens? Four workouts later. Yeah, yeah it does. Always. So that's your corrective exercise. Right. All right, corrective exercise is in lieu of proper coaching. Right. I understand why it's it's fascinating to a lot of people who are incompetent coaches. Because it gets them out of having to learn this material. Yeah, this but is that's important. all there is to it. 
we do a we do a functional movement screen and starting strength. It's the squat, the press, the deadlift, the bench press. There's nothing that I can't tell you about your body and your movement patterns after seeing those four lifts. There's no reason. A corrective weight. Right. We don't use corrective exercises. We use corrective form. That's right. And corrective weight. That's right. Uh, what kind of analysis, if any, is still ongoing within the organization about the, the mechanics and the forces on the lifters and these movement patterns? Oh, it's ongoing. There's we have questions. Every a seminar. lot of discussion about the press right now. Every seminar. Uh, every seminar we learn something. We don't. We haven't settled anything. We just our our strong suit is we're the only ones asking the question. Yeah. We'll admit we're wrong. We're wrong. We'll change. <clears throat> Almost like at least twice a week on our starting strength online coaching forum that we have as coaches, there's someone brings up some. Yeah, we discuss stuff and we chew on it and like discuss. shoot. What's your educational background? Uh, a lot. Well, just say what your educational background is. And what do you do right now as a job outside of coaching? Teach what? Philosophy. Okay. And you're a master at Latin? Yeah. Like, we got a bunch of smart people that we chew yeah, on this stuff. Lot. You got a bunch of technically minded and curious people, so you guys must be thinking about some of this stuff. All the time. All the time. We, we sat in this room for the last two hours while Delgadillo did the programming, and we talked about what does it look like if we put on a powerlifting meet, and how do we judge the bench press? Do we pause? Do we not pause? How do we judge it if we pause or not pause? How do we, like, we're, we're ch always chewing on this stuff, right? And we talk about, like, what's the progression of the press? Do we teach 1.0, then 1.5, then 2.0? Do we teach 1.0 and 2.0, then 1.5? Do we start with 2.0, go to 1.5, go to the Olympic press at the end, and then the layback is the final piece? We're always chewing on that stuff, right? The nice thing about the fact that we've got 125 coaches at this point is that we've got a bunch, bunch of people to give feedback on this, and we're able to chew on it. Everybody's doing this as a living to go, this is what I'm seeing in my actual practice. Same thing with programming. Yeah, same thing with, yeah, of course, same thing with programming, right? So we're chewing a lot on programming right now. <coughs> Look, we're asking more questions about whether what we do is right than anybody else, yep. okay? We're the ones asking the logical, sensible questions, and we're the ones refining this constantly, making it better. Not anybody else. Has the starting strength model been adopted by any like elite level athletic teams? Do you see? Not that I'm aware. I doubt very seriously it will ever happen. Sac State uses it, like we mentioned before. Yes. But that's the only place I know of. We've got national level weightlifters and power. Yeah, we have national level. He's talking about organization. You're talking about Division One universities and yeah, pro like, teams. Uh, like Olympic lifting teams or something like that. Well, Olympic lifters. Mary, Mary Peck does our stuff, and right. I mean, Sac State. Yeah. Yeah. Is the coach is the coach of Sac State a Yes. Yes. Two of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all. Uh, this is, uh, if I were an outsider listening to us talk this evening, um, what might be my impression? If 
I'm an outsider, I've wandered into the room, I've got minimal exposure to this shit, what would I, what would be my impression of this method and the assholes up here at the front of the room? But you bad guys talking about stuff that I don't know anything about. Right. Right? You, you mean, you guys don't have any professional athletes that do your program? There are not any D1 school that's adopted your functional movement screen. There's not anybody operating at the elite levels of professional sports that is willing to say they use your method. Well, what, what is this charade you guys are playing here? That's what he's going to say, isn't he? We are, once again, narrow casting. You know, if I were you, I wouldn't believe me either. I wouldn't believe me. I would, I would analyze and ask and try and experiment with yourself to see whether or not we're full of shit. And you'll find that we're not. But to the casual observer, this is the most egomaniacal bunch of fuckheads in the whole planet. Right? <laughs> you guys have no proof that anything you say actually works. Except we do. Except we do. <laughs> for everybody. Right. Works for everybody. Every time it's tried, it works. It would work at the D1 college level. But why isn't it being used at the D1 college level? That's why trainers don't want to get fired. You know, you know those people as well as we do. Yeah. Strength, strength coaching, athletic trainers are political, and twenty-year-old coaches or twenty-year-old Division One athletes don't hire us because they don't have any money. Well, the greatest athletes in the world do this other shit, right? And it doesn't matter what they do, right? Like you the take an eighteen-year-old athletic freak, a thirty-eight-inch SVJ. That walks into a program at the age of 18 and stays there until he's 22. What does it look like he did? Doesn't matter. Doesn't Gets matter stronger, what he did. It's big. West side, bigger, faster, stronger, juggernaut, doesn't matter. <laughs> that guy gets stronger no matter what. Why? Because he's got a 36 inch vertical. And he went from 18 to 22. That's right. And he's gained 30 pounds because he's growing up. Because he got free right. food at the athletic cafeteria <laughs> where he could eat all the chicken breasts and rice and all the shit that he wanted. And he's working a little bit on the field and sure. bouncing around on balls and shit. And uh, he's going to grow. We make so 80, it looks like it works. Right. We make 81-year-old ladies strong. That's the hard What's thing. Harder? <laughs> yeah, right. What's Any, harder? Anybody can make a 19-year-old Division One athlete strong. 81-year-old lady is really hard. Right. If your right. claim to fame is you made a 19-year-old athlete into a 20-year-old athlete, <laughs> high likelihood you don't have the slightest idea what the hell you're doing. But if you take that 20-year-old athlete's grandmother and get her from not doing a goddamn thing to squatting 65 pounds, I would suggest that perhaps you know more about this than the strength coach at the school. My question is, I've heard a lot of good stories going around the room about people with special physical limitations, elderly people, training them. I, I know there's a section in practical program for training special populations. Have you thought about writing a whole book? No. On the <laughs> 
just not interested in it. You're free to. Well, I mean, you'd have to say that Barbell Prescription is that book at some level. You'd have to say that, you know, because then you're getting into, uh, if you want to talk about female populations and elderly populations, that comprises most of what you would consider to be special populations. If you get into situations with, for example, amputees and other types of severe physical handicaps, those things can't be generalized because the the uh, the conditions for each one of these people must be evaluated by somebody with their head out of their ass. And I don't <coughs> think we could write a book about that. I'm not in a position to do it. Eventually somebody, but, maybe, but not me. I mean, I can deal with those people when I'm in person with them. But you're having to look at each particular one of the variables and program for that. Okay? 